up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Will Brinson. we got some picks coming. R.J. White and Pete Briscoe will join me to break down every single game against the spread and make our Super Contest picks very excited. We have a totally different format uh, that you will like. R.J. created it. It's very smart and nerdy. It involves math, not my forte. Uh, but first, to break down what was not... A uh, very close game on Thursday night between the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals. His triumphant return to the podcast, Brian McFadden. What's up? Will, thank you for having me once again. It's been too long. It has been too long. You um, you changed your shifts around on CBS Sports HQ, and you can watch Bryant all weekend long uh, throughout the week on CBS Sports HQ at cbssports.com backslash or slash live, excuse me. Um, but now now we're going to be doing these Thursday night things. I'm I'm excited because I had people banging, like hit me up, be like, "Where where's McFadden? What like what happened? Is he is he coming back on the pod?" I was like, "We will get him back." Um, unfortunately, not the greatest game to get it back. So I ask you this: <laughs> if if you're, if you were Michael Bidwell, the president of the Cardinals, or Steve Kine, the GM of the Cardinals, are you telling Steve Wilkes that he's got to fire somebody tomorrow? I think so. Unfortunately, you know that's the dark side of the business. Um, when a team is not, when they're not reaching expectations or coming close to reaching expectations, uh, you have to make some changes to really spark the entire organization. And offensively, they have issues. The same can be said on the defensive side. You have a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback that, you know, we know he has potential. We know he has talent, but he has a long way to go. But the coaching, the lack thereof, you know, David Johnson, two years ago in 2016, many felt like he was a top three running back. And, you know, we, he missed the majority of 2017. And right now he's, he, he does not look like the guy we saw in 2016. Mm. So it's about coaching, finding a way to get the best out of your players, your experienced players, guys that have really done a tremendous job so far in their professional career. And I think that can help take pressure off of Josh Rosen's plate. And defensively, I mean, they got issues on the defensive side. So me personally, you never want to see someone getting fired, especially during the season. But we know Wilt is not going anywhere, uh, at least for this season. I believe he will remain on the sideline for next season. I think he will get at least two years and really show his worth. But outside of the head coach being in place, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some changes with this long weekend, basically playing what Thursday night, you know, you get a full weekend of, uh, of rest. Yeah. Well, well, let me, let me ask you this. And this is actually, this just occurred to me, but, um, so the guy that is the guy that's probably going to, I mean, look, let's be honest. Steve Wilkes said in his, his press game, uh, his post game presser, he's like too early to think about changes. But the reality is, you're you're 100 right, BMAC, about uh, David Johnson's struggles. He had 14 carries for 39 yards. He finished with three catches for 31 yards. I mean, Twitter was one big joke about how, why can't you get David Johnson the ball? They ran, keep running left the middle. Uh, Mike McCoy, and by the way, the final score: 45-10, Denver Broncos over the Arizona Cardinals. Mike McCoy um, is the guy likely to lose his job if somebody does. The report from Jason Locke and for us, CBS Sports NFL Insider, is that one of I believe one of your former teammates, Byron Leftwich, uh, who you I think you play with at the Steelers, right? Would actually yeah, be yeah. is was their yeah. quarterbacks coach, and he would actually get uh he would actually be the next man up for this offensive coordinator position. Is he the type of guy who would be a natural coach in this spot? Yeah, I think so. I think he's a very very instinctive guy. Uh, he's a hands on type of coach. 
Um, and being able to work with a young quarterback would be huge for his growth. And the mm-hmm. same can be said for Josh Rosen. And I think Mike McCoy, you know, we've seen the best from him as far as his coaching career, as far as the coordinator. And I thought this was an opportunity for him to revamp his career once again, but clearly he's going in the wrong direction. Uh, it's been very, very difficult to watch. And also, too, you know, going back, I, you know, on my studies and watching David Johnson, especially throughout that 2016 campaign, the offense was totally different for the most part. B.A. Bruce Arians was the head, co- head coach, also known as the play caller. But David Johnson made a lot of impactful plays, not in shotgun, but while the quarterback was under center. And when you look at the course of this season so far, I know, I know it's a different offense for different quarterbacks, but the majority of their snaps in, in shotgun. And David Johnson is a one-cut runner. He loves to come downhill. Go back and look at 2016 reel of David Johnson. He made some plays out of shotgun, but the majority of the plays he made, especially carrying the football, the quarterback was under center. So I think Mike McCoy, uh, he has to find a way to do, to implement things that David Johnson did well in 2016 and make that a part of the game plan. Because right now, David Johnson looks to be an average running back in this system so far in 2018. And we know he's not an average guy. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think the Cardinals have done a very poor job of that. I mean, look, the reality is when, you know, when you are, when you're coaching in the NFL, you know, you, you get to kind of help pick what guys you're going to get. But when you're a new coach, you have personnel that's already there and you need to fit your schemes around those guys and you need to work with what you have. And it feels like, uh, they, they you know, they, they, they went out and got Sam Bradford, who needs to be in shotgun most of the time. Um, Josh Rosen, a rookie quarterback out of a, out of UCLA system, who's, you know, programmed thrower but but maybe you know doesn't you don't want him dropping back a ton out of a out of a you know single back formation and and so it's it's a hard mix there with David Johnson uh, defensively real red flag for the Cardinals too like Patrick Peterson went for a strip at one point instead of tackling Philip Lindsay I don't want to call it a business decision but he didn't look entirely invested in taking the guy down and um it, you know, there was a busted play on a trick, like Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass and then was wide open on a, on a touchdown reception. I mean, I thought this Cardinals defense was good and it looked like they just got exposed. Yeah, they got exposed. You're seeing a lot of bad play from the fundamental standpoint, from the technique standpoint, and guys not just doing their job. And also, too, outside of the, the known from what we've seen tonight, uh, from what we've seen Thursday night and from what we've seen so far throughout the season, there's been a lot of miscues, communication issues. But outside of that, Will, this team lacks talent. I think we got to really look at this from all areas. They lack talent. We know they have the Patrick Petersons of the world. We know they have uh, the John Jones of the world. But outside of that, they don't have any known guys that can be consistent playmakers on the defensive side. Look at this lineup. You know, Taylor Jones, Robert Incondici, uh Kimdici, I'm sorry. He's been a guy that's been missing more than showing up. Uh, Deion Buchanan, you know, Josh Bynes has probably been the most consistent linebacker, and he's the one that you would not expect to be the most consistent. Yeah. So, so they 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 don't have talent on on either side of the ball. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is their best pass catcher. There's no one close to him, and we know he's a future Hall of Famer, but he's towards the end of his career more so than the beginning, and he has a large, large. Uh, there's a large gap of separation as far as the next best pass catcher. Uh, 
Christian Kurtz, Hollywood would be the next best pass catcher. Uh, they, they, they don't have talent, and I think a lot of that has to do with when you look at the draft. If you're Arizona Cardinals fan, let's look at the, the first rounders. Let's go back to, what, 20, 2011, right? Patrick Peterson was the first round in 2011, right? Yep. Since Patrick Peterson, there's been a big drop-off, and I'm not comparing the other first-round selections to Patrick Peterson because he's a rare talent. You know, he's a rare talent. We know he's a special guy. He's one of the best in the business business at what he does. Here, here's but the here's the here's the Michael Floyd. Yeah, Michael Floyd, Jonathan. Jonathan yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you got it. Deion Buchanan, who's been in trade conversations the last week or so. DJ Humphreys, Robert Kendee, Hassan Reddick, and of course Josh Rosen. Now, we still waiting on Josh Rosen, right? Well, it's safe to say, of course, DJ is no longer with the team. Jonathan Cooper is no longer with the team. Michael Floyd is supposed to be the heir apparent to Larry Fitzgerald being able to take the baton away from Larry Fitzgerald when he walks walks off. He's no longer in the team. They've missed on key acquisitions, key draft picks. They've missed on, and now we're starting to see the lack of success coming from the lack of selecting nice quality players. Nah, I agree with you completely. Um, that's not a good look. That's a bad. That's not not good news for the uh, for Steve Kime either, who's who's got the uh, the ownership certainly staring at him. On the other side of things, Denver dominated forty five points, two defensive touchdowns. Von Miller came out this week and said, "We're going to kick their ass. You can write it down and put it out there." He wasn't like to find the lie, right? He wasn't lying. Denver's defense looked fantastic. They they were all over Josh Rosen. Von Miller had a pair of sacks. Bradley Chubb had a pair of sacks. Shaq Barrett had a sack. Uh, if was it only five? It felt like 45. Um, Manuel Sanders, 102 yards on six catches and a touchdown. Uh, Cortland Sutton had a touchdown from Emmanuel Sanders. Philip Lindsay, 14 carries, 90 yards and a touchdown. Royce Freeman even punched one in. Uh, I mean, this this gets the monkey off the back of Vance Joseph completely in terms of, you know, could he be on the hot seat in the, in the middle of the season, right? Yeah, I think he needed to win this game to remain the head coach for the Broncos at least for the next month or so for the season. I felt like if he lost this ball game, it was a very, very bad team. At that time, it would be 2-5, and five, including their playoff shot, uh, hopes are down the drain, not to mention just being relevant in their division would be going down the drain. So I think this was a much-needed win for Vance Joseph as the head coach because he's he, it's a different opportunity for him compared to Wilkes on the opposite end with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. He, the, Year one was a year ago. Now he's in year two. So now you have to find a way to show growth in the program. So he needed to win today, and boy, they got some style points also. I know there's no such thing as style points in the National Football League, but putting up 35 points and a half a play, only allowing 10, the sacks. And that's the thing about Vance Joseph. That was the issue with him, Will. He's a defensive-minded coach, Mm -hmm. and his defense has been lackluster to say the least. But tonight, they play the type of football that we've grown accustomed to seeing from the Denver Broncos when they had Wade Phillips as the D.C. And many felt like Vance Joseph would be able to do some of the same things as far as successful, being successful and also sacking the quarterback. But this is a huge win for him, and he, he can – he can sleep well in the plane ride home. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he can. Four of their next six are on the road. They get 10 days to prepare for the Chiefs, then they host the Texans, and they're at the Chargers, and then they host the Steelers. So they definitely needed this one. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. Did you, did you, you had, you knew you had to do this podcast and talk about the game. 
did you keep watching the game when LeBron James started wearing his Lakers jersey, or did you switch? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, well, you know I'm a Lakers fan, right? You know I'm a Lakers fan, and, and uh, you know I'm a, I, I got love for the NFL. But I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. By the fourth quarter, I know this game was over with. I know we had, you know, attacked this podcast, so you know I was flipping in between both, in between. But of course, when the Lakers went to rolling, especially that first quarter, man, it was it was, it was highlight city. For the most part, man, I, I'm excited. I, it's, it's, the NBA is back. My Lakers are relevant once again. Yes, they are. The Lakers are certainly relevant. And that's because they did the smart thing. They hired smart. They hired LeBron James. Unlike the Arizona Cardinals who hired Mike McCoy. So do you want to be the Lakers and get LeBron? Or do you want to be the Cardinals and get Mike McCoy? Because if you want to be the Lakers and you want to be smart, you're going to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get the qualified candidates fast. You're the Lakers. They're coming to you. You don't have to worry about it. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated the number one by employers in the U.S., this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, you can try it for free. You can sit there and let the LeBrons come to you for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. And speaking of picks, let's go make some with RJ White and Pete Prisco. Hey there, Pete and RJ. What's going on, guys? Hey there. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? Feeling good? Yeah. I had a good week last week. You did? I was 10 and 5 against the spread. What'd you do in the super contest? Crappy. 2, 2 and 1. I did like you the week before. I put the wrong ones in. Well, at least you didn't go 1 and 4 in the super contest like I did last week. I lost, um, the Packers who were, you know, Me too. I don't mind losing the Packers. I mean, they, they no, they, they deserve to lose. You didn't get a cover. There's no way you were getting a cover out of well, that. Well, I mean, they were up 10 and looked like they were going to Yeah, they away. weren't covered. No, it's, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about that one. Uh, I am mad about, um, which one am I mad about, RJ? Patriots? I'm mad about Patriots. Mad about the Patriots. I'm also very mad about, um, what's the other one I lost? Uh, Titans was a loser. That was a, an epic loser. Stupid loser. Should have backed you were mad about Tampa, right? Tampa. I mean, come on. Dirt, I mean, uh, 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 Dan Quinn kicking a 57 yard field goal. Just punt the ball. And Deshaun Jackson catch the ball and run to the end zone. I was mad about the Patriots. They, that, that, that had no business being what it was. Everybody hated the Deshaun Jackson play in the moment. I was like, look, that, they, that's how they drew it up. It was a clearly a draw the whole way and he was going to throw it over there. The problem he is he got, got hit. He and got hit. He couldn't get it all the way over there. No, and no, he was supposed he, to throw it to Jackson. And right. it, you know, and he couldn't get it all the way yeah. over there because he, he got went, hit. he went too far and it was Correct. like, Dirk Cutter described it as like a QB draw with options. Right. But like you need to have a set out QB draw where he pitches to Humphreys and Humphreys pitches to Jackson. No, he was throwing it back to Jackson. Oh, he was? And then Jackson yeah. sprints in? Oh, okay. Well, then. He just, yeah, he got hit when he threw it. And, and if he, you know what? If it him. works that way, he gets a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he, Jackson catches it there. Although I saw Rick Stroud said that he didn't think that was going to count. That the league was going to drop the holy roller rule and that, that, that if Deshaun picked it up, it eventually would have been overturned. No, no. In, because you got the holy roller rule, yes, but if he laterals back. Oh, you're saying, him, oh, yes, if Jameis yeah. had correctly yeah. lateral back, but like Jameis, if you look at him, it's incredible. The picture is incredible. I don't know if you saw me tweet it out, but it's like, cause you see it on the, on the screen, you can watch it and Jameis is like throwing to no one, but then you look at the picture and it catches his eyes and he looks like he's so confident just slinging it behind his back right. to no one. <laughs> oh, Jameis, you clown. Let's get on to the picks. Uh, RJ, what are you in the super contest for the year? 
I am, I have 17 points. I believe I am 16, um, 12 and 2, something around there. Pete, how many points do you have? You and I might be tied now. 12, maybe? Is that right? I think, I have like 14, I think. And then I don't, I don't even know what I got. I think I have 14. Um, we're not doing so well. Nick Costos is white hot. RJ is heating up. This is the time, uh, as RJ's been saying for like, I've known RJ for a decade. And he always says, when the leaves turn brown, I will wear the league crown. Um, That's my line. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> um, no, RJ, but you can get all of RJ's picks. This is when he heats up and makes a run up the super contest leaderboard. Go to sportsline.com for, uh, you can get DFS information. You can get expert picks. You can get, uh, uh optimal lineup stuff. And again, RJ's picks, use promo code white and get your first month for a buck. Sportsline.com, you, you gotta have it. It's necessary if you want to win some cash. Let's get to our picks though. Uh, we're gonna do, so we're, we're doing a new format this week as designed by RJ. It's called an, it's called a Stableford, it's a modified Stableford, uh, scoring system of sorts. Basically, we all pick our top picks and we're gonna run through in this first segment each of our top picks. My number one pick, that we all agree on, oddly enough, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like them, minus four, minus five, whatever it is. I think they're going to curb stomp the Houston Texans this week. They're going to do it because they've given up 70 points in the last two weeks. Um, they are angry. They are playing at home where they're a better team. The Jaguars are a little banged up on the defensive line, which is an issue. But I think even with a... Uh, you know, even if Malik Jackson has to miss time, I, I think Calais Campbell is going to play. Yannick Ngakwe is out there. You know, Marcel Darius, they got bodies. They can get through a very bad Texans offensive line. Deshaun Watson has been sacked more than any other quarterback in football 25 times. I believe he's a partially collapsed long. It's a bad team to be playing with a partially collapsed long. And although the Jaguars are kind of bad against, um, against, uh, uh, uh number one receivers, I still think that Jalen Ramsey can, can do some damage on DeAndre Hopkins. Well, since we all agree on it, I'll just echo your thoughts. I, one more thing. The, the, the well, Texans have the worst offensive line in the National Football League. Jacksonville, Saxonville will be back this week. That's actually the point of the new format is we don't echo each other's thoughts. <laughs> right. So, like, what's your best pick? No. My, we, well, we all agree on that game. So my, my best pick is the Baltimore Ravens, and here's why. Drew Brees has never beaten the Ravens. Not that that matters. It's just an interesting fact. Oh, no. But, but, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens defense is downright nasty, and they will not back off blitzing him. They will blitz Drew Brees. They won't blitz him as much as they blitz Marcus Mariota, but they're going to get after him, and I think Flacco's going to have success throwing the football Which down passing game says Baltimore shut down? Huh? Which passing game says Baltimore shut down? Buffalo? Yeah. Denver? You only can shut down who Tennessee. you play, RJ. Okay, but the ones that they've shut down isn't that impressive. Now they're playing one of the best passing games in the league against a team that's covered eight of the last nine off a of bye. Peyton knows how to get his team ready with an extra extra week of practice. Watch that blitz defense, and you tell me how they. He'll be ready it. for the defense. I don't think he will be. New Orleans defense is number one against DVOA against the run, allowing three point one yards per carry. Flacco is going to need to outplay Breeze to win this game. I don't think he does it, even if Baltimore does have the better Baltimore defense. Baltimore will in this turn game. him over two or three times in this game. Two or three times. Flacco will make a couple of mistakes too. But, but he will turn him over They'll two or three Lamar times. They'll put Lamar Jackson in for some this stupid is, third I, down play. This is one of the most impressive defensive teams I've seen in a long time. Young guys. Young, athletic, fast. And I'll tell you what, Don Martindale, that guy's going to work himself into the head coach and talk. Is, okay, look, uh, are the Ravens better than the 85 Bears? No. <laughs> are they better than the Ravens of 2000? No. no. What about the two, yeah. Are they better than the 2017 Jaguars? Uh, have the potential to be. Wow. And, but this isn't the era for great defenses. This is where well, I agree. I get the it. rules are all stacked I, against Believe me, guys. I'm an offensive guy first and Chicago foremost. Chicago looked to have the best defense and, in the and league. And what about Drew Brees outside? Drew, they're fine. 
New Orleans ten and three on their last thirteen games outside against a, the spread. Against it's fine. against against a bunch of mediocre to good okay. teams. Like, well, they're playing a good one, team. <laughs> the Saints are one and two as road dogs outside in their last three games. That's a huge trend. One and two. I Put all your money on a one and two trend. <laughs> uh, RJ, you're doing something weird here. I, by the way, I like this new format already. We got a little more back and forth. <laughs> good stuff. Um, RJ's I, entitled to his wrong opinion, that's and fine. on Sunday like, he'll be crying about it. I like 17 the, I, points, maybe 17. <laughs> I like the Ravens myself. Um, RJ, speaking of wrong opinions, you're, 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 okay, living, in, you're living life in Brocktober, baby. Okay, in the contest, this line is Miami plus two and a half. You should be able to get threes out there, which I would take You know, if, if I'm just playing in the market. Because, not necessarily because I think Brock Osweiler is a great quarterback. It's just Detroit. He's playing the Detroit Lions. They're not a great road team. They have a worse offense than you might think. They're 20th in DVOA. Their defense is absolutely terrible. They're coming off awful games against Dallas and Green Bay. Extra time to prepare isn't exactly a plus for Patricia. I know people want to lay, you know, play teams coming off a bye, but as I said in my tips column on Thursday, only 11 teams have a, a winning record off the bye since 2011. And I, and even though Detroit has won, that's obviously not with this staff that's in place. So Patricia, we saw what, we, what he did with extra time in week one. It's not like he's that good. Miami's not a great scoring offense, but they have 27, 20, and 31 points at home. All three wins. There's 15th in DVOA. Their defense is 9th in DVOA and 11th in points per drive. They know how to get turnovers. Um, they know how to limit scoring, and I think that they'll be able to do that against Detroit. Miami's losses, they got pasted by New England in that terrible spot, and then they lost a fluky game to Cincy, so they could be 5-1. and one. I mean, they're not as good as a 5-1 and one team, but it's not out of the realm to see them 5-1. and one. So I think Miami wins this game even with Brock at quarterback. Plus threes are out there. I love it at plus three. In the contest, I'm still going to play it at two and a half. Uh, I like them too. And, but you know what? Eventually, uh, Brocktober is going to turn into Brockhead. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, I'll take, I'm taking the Lions here. I don't, I don't love the Lions. Ugh, can't stop the run. So Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore are going to carve up yeah, the Lions? Yes. Frank, Frank Gore is going to run very well in this game. Okay. That's your, you guys are banking on Frank Gore and Brock Osweiler to take this one home. Okay. All Against right. Detroit. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Uh, look, I don't, I don't love Detroit. They're going, they're, they're going to be sweltering in the Miami heat. It's going to be tough. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the three points as a road favorite instead of backing Brock Osweiler and the fraudulent Miami Dolphins. I don't have, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any other points. If, if we try to go back and forth, I'm just going to say Brock Osweiler over and over again. Hey, look, I, I'm with you on him, but he's, he played good last week. He averaged, he averaged 4.1 uh, completed air yards or air yards per completion last week. I mean, they, so what? The whole idea of the game is to put the ball in the guy's hands and go make a play. We've seen many a quarterback do that. How, what, what is Joe Montana's air yards back in the day? It's not like Detroit can cover anyone, right? I mean, Detroit can't stick somebody on Albert Wilson and force him to throw downfield. You know what that is? Not the guys they have. Brinson must have hung out with the police this week, the Twitter police. What? <laughs> Why do you say that? You, you're you're sheep. You follow everybody. Well, I think, well, why would I follow? Well, who would I hung out with? <laughs> Just keep going. I speaking of, speaking uh, of what are you? Who are you? Who are you referring to? Brock Osweiler is bad. That's what all the sheep will say. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, right, 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 Pete. Yeah, of course. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. It's like this is little Twitter contingent wandering along saying, "Oh, Brock yeah. Osweiler is terrible." Yeah. No, the whole world knows Brock no, Osweiler. When, when any sucks. other quarterback throws four point one per completion uh, in the air and he, and he throws for whatever he did. Oh, look at those great decisions he made. Great thing. Granted, they were quick no. throws outside. I'm not. Guys like Eli Manning sucks. Derek Carr sucks. All these guys suck. All right, move on. Okay, whatever. Uh, it's not a Twitter police thing. Get out of here, Brock Osweiler. He's... Captain Will, Captain Will, report to the Twitter police department, please. Captain Will. It's the stupidest thing on the planet. Uh, all right, these are segment number two. Shrugs. 
Uh, we need, we're going to have to get someone to do a voiceover for this. Um, or we could just go ding over and over again. I know that that was popular amongst our early uh, listeners. I got a Jets. And I got him as a uh, – what do I have him as a three or a two, RJ? What do I have? Two. A two. Okay. So I, I, this line stinks a lot like the Patriots at the at the – at the Bears, this is three straight home games for the Jets. I feel like the Vikings are going to be coming in a little uh, overconfident. I think Sam Darnold's playing really well. The Jets are actually doing a pretty good job in the offensive line. They're running the ball well. Minnesota's defense is not what it once was. I think they're like bottom, I think bottom half of the league in DVOA right now. 25th and pass DVOA. 25th and pass DVOA. The, you know, the, the Jets don't have a ton of passing weapons. But they're really cooking up some nice stuff on offense, and I just think that they got a defense that can turn Kirk Cousins over. I like the Jets to win there. Big day for Leonard Williams against a very bad Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Look, they went to Philadelphia and played a much better team a couple weeks ago and, and won the game. They're going to go to the Jets, and they're playing a worse team that's limited offensively. Yes, they've run the ball a little bit, and, and Darnold made some throws. And they're going to play better defense and get in there. And Kirk Cousins playing good football, they're going to win the game. I, I'm, I know RJ. You were on the Jets early on, weren't you? You fl- you flipped uh, in the right spots. Yeah, I like them at home a lot. Uh, I'm not taking them here. They're really banged up. It's probably a stay away for me. DVOA thinks that it, the wrong team is favored here because these teams, two teams, are about even in DVOA because Minnesota isn't playing that well. But because the Jets are so banged up, I'm just staying away from the game. Yeah. All right, Pete, what you got on Philly? <laughs> What about Philadelphia? Look, the Carolinas play back-to-back road games. You guys know I hate that, particularly when they're outside of the division. I, I saw something from the Eagles last week that made me think that this – and they, granted, the Giants aren't a good team. That made me think this is the team that we expected to see. Wentz looked like Wentz. They drove the ball down the field a little bit, which I think they need to do. Uh, defensively, I still think they're – they haven't – nobody, by the way, is on that defense is yet to play to their potential. I think that's coming, and this is the game. Carolina, to me, limited – in terms of what they can do offensively. And Cam Newton's playing good football, but defensively was a disappointment last week. I, I like I like Philly. Philly game. D's only given up more than 80 rushing yards once, and that was a blowout win yeah. against the Giants. So Philly D actually is playing the run well. That's fine. Um, I, I think the line is just too much. It's up to five, I believe, or five and a half. Depending on what you're, you're never going to pick against Carolina either. I mean, I'll fade Carolina any time. <laughs> this might be one of my best bets. I, I like Carolina in this spot because it's a large point total against two teams that are built in a very similar fashion, and the Panthers do a good job of keeping it close with a team like Philadelphia. They should be able to get uh, Christian McCaffrey out on some swing pass stuff, use him in the read option a little bit. And I think if you look at the Panthers' stats, or you look at the Panthers' game log, excuse me, win-loss, by or win loss win by win loss they're just an up and down team they're coming off a bad game against Washington where if DJ Moore doesn't turn it over all of a sudden the Panthers win and they're you know they're four and one um, I think they go up to Philly and keep it close enough where they stay within the spread you should take that strategy up to Vegas and play the roulette table went back and forth back and forth back and forth it as, always hits as I don't play back and forth I just play black 11 and it always hits mm-hmm, I sure. play black 28 and it always hits mm-hmm. That's weird. I play keep my money in my pocket on the roulette table. (laughs) I only play at 3 in the morning while I'm going to cash out my blackjack winnings. Pete knows that. Uh, We have some strong disagreements in segment three. We need some better names for these segments. So if you've got any ideas, tweet us uh, at RJWhite1, at PriscoCBS, at Will Brinson, or at Pick6Pod, which we have got some social media guys doing some funny stuff on there. Smack chats? You like the smack chats, Pete? Smack smack chats? Have you seen those? No. (laughs) You should check them out. They're pretty funny. It's like a little chat room between the NFL teams, and they're they're making jokes. Like the yeah, Jag- I've seen those. The Jaguars did like a little Photoshop involving um, Conor McGregor. It's pretty funny. Yeah. 
Pretty funny. You like that stuff? Uh, yeah, it makes me laugh. <laughs> I like it. RJ, you've got in If I got to go looking for it, I, I, it, it won't be a factor I'll t- I'll, in my life. I'll tweet and tag you. Um, RJ, you've got the Indianapolis Colts as a three. And by the way, too, I probably should have explained this off the top. We all ranked these t- each game. Uh, we each took one four. That's our highest, our best pick in the top segment. Then you can do as many threes, as many twos, as many ones as you want. Threes are strong leans. Twos are eh. And the ones are obviously don't really like it. Uh, RJ has Indianapolis, the Colts, as a minus seven and a half as a three. Yeah, Buffalo is awful on pass, <laughs> pass, passing the ball and offense with Josh Allen. I don't know how terrible they're going to be with Derek Anderson. The defense is good, obviously number three in, in DVOA, but luck has looked good with limited help and he's getting T.Y. Hilton back. Uh, NDD hasn't been good recently, but they opened the season well. They're eighth in DVOA against the run, fourth in yards per carry with 3.7. I think that's the only way Buffalo could possibly move the ball is running it. And if Indy has a good run defense, that's not going to happen. If you just look at the quarterback matchup in this game, Andrew Luck versus Derek Anderson, this line should be at least 10 in Indy just by that. Anderson's 35 years old. He's made four starts since 2010. Three of those four were against Tampa Bay. He's had less than two weeks to learn the offense. He can't possibly be ready for this game. Luck had a tough early schedule, four or six are on the road, but he's held up well, scoring a ton of points in the last few weeks. So I, Indy's going to, I think, move the ball on this Buffalo defense. Buffalo's only chance is, is the way they, you know, they win ugly. They get sack fumbles, you know, toward, uh, you know, toward their own goal line and then give them some short fields. I don't know that you can count on that week in and week out. I would take this line up to 10. I think Indy's a lock here. I say I, I think Buffalo's at play here because I think Buffalo's defense is is really good, surprisingly good. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they would be this they're, good. They're third in DVOA in defense. I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're, they're very good. And they're first in sacks per pass play, by the way, which mm-hmm. is uh, interesting because I didn't think they'd be that good. Uh, he, the thing that you know, you talk about Anderson. Does he know the offense? He played for Dable at, at Cleveland at one point, so he's familiar with the offense. And then I know they've evolved it. It was a while ago, but he's That's evolved it. But he still knows the offense. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. The problem is his offensive line, and that's a concern. But I, I, I don't. The Colts aren't great rushing the passer. But Marcus Hunt is healthy. He missed yeah, last game. He I know. Full practice the last. I know, uh, but I, he's still not. I mean, when did Marcus Hunt become Von Miller? I mean, it's, it, he's looked good the first few. Games. I get it. I get it. But I, I think this is be a, this is going to be a now. this will be a, a lower scoring game than I think most people expect, and I think they'll cover uh, the number. I, I like think, Buffalo. I don't think you can count on lower scoring games when Andrew Luck's involved. Yeah. He's, he's playing really well. He is playing well, but Dude, I, I like he's Buffalo. He, I mean. I don't, if you, if you polled like five average NFL fans and said, give me three of Andrew Luck's receivers, I don't know that they could do it. I mean, it, it like he's throwing to dudes that people haven't heard of. It's, I mean, Chester Rogers. Guy's a great quarterback. He really people is. People don't give him the credit for If he, he uh, he'll be the third quarterback in NFL history if he's able to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Bills to do that in three consecutive games, um, which is surprising. I wouldn't think that that would be that, but there's, I guess, some guys with four and five. Uh, RJ, you also have Tennessee. Yeah, I think we're head to head on this one. Uh, Tennessee plus six and a half. I think you're getting these teams at the, the absolute highest and lowest value because Chargers coming off that huge win in Cleveland. Tennessee coming off that huge loss against Baltimore. Their offense good, looks terrible, but Mariota is not going to get sacked 11 times again in a game. That just hardly ever happens. He has a much easier matchup here. Chargers are 20th in DVOA against the run, 25th in net yards per attempt. So they're not that great, um, uh, against the run or the pass. Tennessee's D's played well most games. They're fifth in net yards per attempt, sixth in points per drive, but they're inconsistent. They have their ups and downs, and I think they're going to get back to having a good game. The Chargers have to play this game at 6.30 a.m. local time, and I think that matters because, you know, they're going to go over there early. They're going to go there on, on Thursday. I think they left on Thursday. 
Um, so they'll have a few days to adjust, but anytime you have to go in stressful physical activity at 6.30 in the morning when you're not used to, you know, what, when do they have to wake up for their local time? They'll be up, what, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock West Coast time to prepare for this game, and, and uh, I think it matters. In London, also, you want the better coaching staff who can handle this weird situation of having to play, you know, across the pond, and I think we could agree that Tennessee has a better coaching staff than, than the Chargers. Chargers are playing well now, but we were really impressed with the job that Tennessee was doing. Um, I think the Chargers are a little overvalued after the blowout win, Tennessee's vice versa. Uh, the look ahead line was Chargers minus three. I don't see that it should have moved this much, so I'm taking Tennessee here. So I'm supposed to argue with you and tell you that I'm taking the uh, the, the the Chargers here, and uh, there's a, one problem with that, and I, this is my fault. Uh, turns out I'm actually the only one taking the Titans on the CBS Sports NFL expert page uh, against the spread. So. I'm going to stick with that, and I and I, I was going to go Chargers. I like the fact that the Chargers, um, the, the Titans. I'm worried the Titans are doing the same travel thing that the Raiders did. That concerns me. The thing about the West Coast thing is not as big a deal. The Chargers decided to stay in Cleveland, so their bodies at least adjusted a little bit. But they're all, they also didn't leave until Thursday night to take a red eye to land on Friday. And if you listen to this podcast, you heard Brady Quinn say that when you fly in on Friday, you on Sunday you feel like absolute crap in London, and you have to play football. So, in that with that in mind, RJ. I'm sort of agreeing with you here, so apologies for that. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans because I think that both of these teams are making a travel mistake. I think, and I think that the Chargers are a worse travel mistake, and I think it ultimately becomes a slop fest. And when it's a slop fest, I want the six and a half points. We could edit all that out and just say my argument was so compelling that you switched your pick, and now you're with me. You switched your pick. I I didn't. I accidentally switched my pick. That I like the Chargers, <laughs> but I'm not going to get into it. Why? Because we don't have a lot of. And time you put the Titans to... down, so you guys don't know what you're doing on this game. Huh? You I didn't put, put the, the Titans, Titans down. I think you did. I did. <laughs> That's why I'm supposed to argue with him and not you. Or, or maybe RJ messed up. He's the one who could be. I, I definitely did not mess up. I, I never make a mistake. Speaking of Los Angeles, RJ, you're back up again. You have the Rams as a uh, two. I also uh, like the Rams with a huge spread, but I'll let you explain why we like the Rams. Yeah, Pete's on the Niners. I, I think we're getting good value here. The look ahead was twelve and a half. Whew. I would have lead San Francisco at that that price in San Francisco. And nine and a half, I think there's value with the Rams. San Fran's on a short week off a disappointing loss. They're now against the number one DVOA offense, obviously. And DVOA, I know some people don't want to rely on that, but your eyes tell you that the Rams have the best offense in the league. It's it's not that that much of a stretch to say that. San Fran is solid uh, running the ball on offense, but they're going to have to abandon that quickly to keep up with the Rams. Uh, the Rams run their third straight road game. I know it's a situation that we t- typically don't like. The Ravens easily covered in that same scenario. When I dug into that scenario last week, I didn't see any, any indicators that say you definitely want to fade the team on the third straight road game. Um, I think San Fran is a much easier road game than at Denver or at Seattle, San Fran isn't, doesn't have that much of a home field advantage. I think this game's going to be similar to what the Rams did in week one against Oakland. It was maybe a little shaky early on, and then they just blew the doors off and won by 20. So I expect to see something similar here. Yeah, I mean, I don't love this game, but I like, I, I take the nine and a half here. I, I just think three straight road games. I don't think the Rams are that good on defense either. I think that's a problem. It's going to be a problem. Uh, we saw a little bit of life from the 49ers offense. Look, Kyle Shanahan could scheme open us. Uh, he's a good, good play caller. And so uh, if you're going to give me nine and a half at home, I'm taking it. Yeah, look, it's – no, I'm not taking the nine and a half. I want the Rams. This is crazy. The, the 49ers get their hearts broken on a short week in a game that was their Super Bowl. They played great. L.A.'s got a better defense. L.A.'s got a better offense. Give me the Rams. Pete, you're also fading – you're actually fading the number one team in DVOA, the Chiefs, because you're taking the Bengals with the points on Sunday night. 
Yeah, and look, here's why. I think Joe Mixon's going to be able to run the football. I think they're going to try and control clock. Now, that's the plan. I don't know if it'll happen, but the Chiefs' defense is historically bad. If you're going to give me six and a half points, I, I look, as much as I love watching Patrick Mahomes play offense, that defense is terrible. He's going to have to put up big numbers. I think the Bengals have done a lot of good things on offense. I think they can get A.J. Green in some situations where he's going to be able to make plays down the field. Uh, if you're going to give me six points, well, it's one of the contest. It's uh, it's six. Six. I'm, I'm taking the six. And then they can get that backdoor cover if they need yeah. it late because Kansas yeah. City can't stop anyone. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the other, on the other hand, like if Kansas City is up and they have the ball, they're not going to stop scoring because they know they can't stop anybody. Which is why I think that they can beat the Bengals by more than six, handily take care of them, and move to a whopping seven and zero against the spread. I'm a little worried that I'm paying a price for an. Infl- Am I playing a price for an inflated line here, RJ? No, I think the look ahead was six and a half, so I think it's about where it has been. Uh, you know, I, this is what the Chiefs are going to be at home against non-elite teams is, is six or more. So I, I don't think it's inflated at all. Uh, Pete, what do you think about the over here, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. What, 50, what is it? 59 and a half, isn't it? 58 and a half, I think. Yeah. Just take it. I mean, yeah, it's all, got, all these gotta, high-scoring games, just take they it over. Go They're over. all getting into the 30s yeah. at least. So. I think people are starting to hammer. Well, it looks like so. 71% of the bets are on the over, but only four, but 44% of the money is on the under. I feel like people are waiting for this to fall back to earth. And you, you can see Cincy put up 23 points and lose 30 to 23, right? Sure. Yeah. That's basically what the, uh. But I think it'll be like 30 to 31, 27 or something like that. Alright, um, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna fade another really good, I'm gonna fade another really good offense here. I'm taking the Chicago Bears plus three or plus three love and a half pick. at home. You love this pick. Love this pick. It makes no sense. There's absolutely zero reason why the or the New England Patriots be minus three in Chicago. I mean, I get the Chicago's good. Now, look, uh, there's one. Are they? It's pretty solid. They're, they're, they're a really good defense with Khalil Mack. And so Khalil Mack has to be healthy enough to play. That would be an important thing for me. I wouldn't want to put this in the super contest unless he was cleared uh, but by Friday, which I, I would presume he will be unless he's really banged up. Um, you know, they need Khalil Mack in there. You know, the defense kind of wilted against the Dolphins down the stretch. But the the Patriots, I get that they're the Patriots and they're not affected by emotions and all that stuff. They're coming off a huge home win against the Chiefs. They won in a close fashion. They got to travel on the road on a shorter week. They got to play a team that's got a really good defense and they can't stop anybody. I like Mitchell Trubisky to throw twelve touchdowns in this game and to beat the Patriots and and remove Tom Brady from. Uh, the top shelf of the elite quarterbacks, and we crown Mitchell Trubisky. What do you think about that, Pete? <laughs> I, I like New England. I don't love them. Uh, I mean, I just when I look at this and and I look at these two teams. What did you say? <laughs> You're gonna crown Mitchell Trubisky? You can tell he wasn't paying attention. He's talking about Trubisky's gonna supplant Brady as one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and you're just like checking. Like, uh-huh, so, yeah, that sounds I mean, good. Sounds I mean, good. I just like I said he's everything throw, he says is babble speak. I said he's gonna throw I mean, twelve touchdowns. <laughs> hey, look, he threw six last time. Maybe he can throw half that. I don't think he can. I don't think he's that good. By the way, I think he after the script, he has trouble. Uh, with a lot of situations other than Tampa, which is awful on defense. I don't love the Patriots in this spot, but I, I like them. I, I just think they, they've got, got it going on offense and they're a bad matchup. And particularly if Mac, if Mac can't go, that's a big problem for the Bears. You love them even if Mac can't, can't, can't go. Well, we don't know if he can go or not at this point and they're already getting hammered at plus three. It's, got, it's down to two and a half in a lot of spots. Right. So but, I think a lot of people are, are like, fine, you know, I'll take them anyway. It's yeah, just, I see. That it. offense yeah. is good. So. It's down to two and a half, and uh, the over/under is only forty-nine. This is, the whole game line stinks. So the, li- the line looks stinky. The it line stinks. definitely looks stinky. Bears are going to win. They might. They maybe they will. I don't. I'm not taking them. I think Trubisky's average is average. 
I want to hear your this next pick. I want to hear your defense well because I hate this pick. Uh, my next pick. Oh yeah, the Buccaneers. Um, oh, here's my next. My, my explanation is Cleveland's not that good. RJ, they got exp- well, Tampa's not that good. Tampa's offense is good. They're number one team in yards per play on offense. Defense is terrible. That's okay. Cleveland's Cleveland can score their points. I don't think that Cleveland can keep up with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will give up points. Um, but this this is a classic dead cat bounce back game where you fire the defensive coordinator. Unnecessarily, maybe. Um, not unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. I mean, but the Buccaneers stink, but it's not Mike Smith. Like, they're not, like, but they're gonna look better because guys are gonna be worried about their jobs now. They're gonna play better. They're gonna be able to make some, create some turnovers against Baker Mayfield and a, and a, frankly, an offense that's misusing its talent right now. They're, they're banged up at wide receiver. They're feeding Carlos Hyde, who's averaging less than four yards per carry at the expense of, of using, uh, Nick Chubb, who's averaging like 12 yards a carry. They're not, they're finally getting Duke Johnson involved a little bit, but not enough. I don't think the, the Browns offense is good enough to keep up with the Buccaneers offense. And I like Tampa Bay to cover minus three. But the Nick Foles offense in week two is, is good enough to keep up. With the with Tampa, that with was Noah Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no Mitchell change. Trubisky is good enough to throw six touchdowns on this defense. I told you Mitchell Trubisky is going to supplant Tom Brady. What do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> Tampa's also uh, McCoy isn't practicing. Curry isn't practicing. So that takes a bad defense and makes him even worse when you're not going to get pressure. They, they the stink, man. They stink. Line. Cleveland's D is number three in DVOA against the pass, number two in points per drive. And if you can defend the pass well, you know Tampa's not going to run the ball because their running game is terrible. It is terrible. So Tampa does one thing well. That's pass the ball. They don't play defense. They don't run the ball. Their special teams aren't great. All they do is pass the ball, and Cleveland has the number three DVOA in that. I think they're going to come back after a bad week. Cleveland plus three and a half is available on the market. I think that's a great value if you're betting this game. You want to get the three and a half. Tampa shouldn't get a full three for home field advantage, and I think Cleveland's the better all-around team. If you take away just the passing offense, I think Cleveland is the better all-around team, so I love them there. They're- Tampa's going to turn the ball over. They've had multiple turnovers in four straight. Cleveland creates turnovers. That's what they do well. So when you give Baker a short field, it doesn't matter that his offense isn't as great as, as the one on Tampa. If he only has to go 25 yards, he's going to get a touchdown. I, look, they're 24th. Why won't, why won't Tampa try to run the ball? The Cleveland's 24th in, in DVOA. They can try. Run. They're terrible. They, they can't it. run it. They haven't well, run it all year. That's, look, that's fine. It, the, the Cleveland might be good, but it's not like they're going to stop G- every single one of those weapons. I mean, Tampa is loaded with weapons. James has two stud tight ends to throw to. Mike I don't Evans. love Cleveland in this game. I'm with you, Will. I don't love Cleveland in this game either. I don't think Baker Mayfield's playing very well. He, they're, he's, uh, they're, they're asking him to throw 40 plus times a game. He's not playing it just doesn't well. work. He's not playing well. Sam he Darnold. 40 times in this game, he's going to put up massive numbers. He's going to throw 40 times in this game. Sometimes a defensive coordinator changes. And, and I don't think Mike Smith, you know me, I don't think Mike Smith was the with, problem. With, I think the players are. Yeah. yeah. With McCoy hurt, I don't think he yeah, does 40 a, times. I think they just pound the ball. Be interesting. And then when he needs to, he's going to have it because the, the pass defense is terrible. All right. The next ones are our sweeps, huh? The sweeps. These must be the losers. Total agreement. Then. Yeah, yeah these are, these are, this is, the, uh, this is what well, we the call The first it. one's definitely a loser. Well, this is what we called on the, uh, on the old rendition of the, with you, me, and, and Acosta's all picking Pete. We called this the, the, uh, kiss of death, kiss of death parlay. So you want to yeah. parlay, you want to revert, this is the kiss of death, new kiss of death parlay, reverse parlay these. <laughs> and I don't blame you. You should definitely reverse parlay these. These picks stink. Uh, the New York Giants, Pete, is this is your, the, your strongest on them. You had them as a three? Three. Yeah. I, I, because look, Atlanta is going to score. And New York's plus Giants five and a half at Atlanta. I mean, the look, the Falcons defense is atrocious and the middle of the field will be wide open. I think calling out Beckham will be a good thing for him. I think Eli's got his back to the wall and he's going to bounce back and have a good day against Atlanta. It's hard not to. Uh, so I think the Falcons win the game, but if you're giving me those points, I'm taking the points. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, 
and they're going to be within the number. And the market agrees with you. It's already down to four and a half as yeah. of Thursday. So, so it's not like this is coming out of left field and we're on an island by ourselves. I think a lot of people think the Giants are going to cover this game, which means Atlanta's going to run away. Of course. It's going to be a 42-7 game. I'm 0-6 on the season picking Giants games against the spread, and I think I put like three of them in the Super Contest. I'm a loser, like Eli Manning. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one is the Washington Redskins. RJ, uh, yep. you, you've we talked. All, this we is all the all rundown stupid. you wrote. We all like the Redskins, but I've talked less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, gave you guys a ton of time to talk, and, and I was like, let me take this Redskins pick because it's probably going on my card. It's Dallas is 0-3 on the road against decent teams and that aren't great. Carolina, Seattle, Houston. Washington is at least as good as those teams, maybe even a little bit better. At home, Dallas has beat the Giants, Lions, and um, and Jaguars. It's not exactly a tough schedule. There's not one standout team in that bunch. So I think Dallas is overrated after a big win. I don't think they're good at all. They face some bad offenses in there. Washington offense isn't impressive. It's had some tough matchups, uh, and it, this is this is one here. 17 points per drive is at least solid, and they've flashed. They've had their their times. Alex Smith had a great game in Dallas last year with Kansas City, 25 of 34, 263, two touchdowns, one interception. Obviously, it's a different scheme, but it's not. Like he's he should be coming to this matchup scared, and he gets to be at home. Uh, look ahead line was three. I think Washington wins by at least that. Um, the injury report is going to be key for putting them on the contest because they had a lot of guys banged up. But as long as there's not too many red flags there, I'm probably taking Washington at just minus two. I like the Redskins too. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I, that, 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 but again, this is one of those lines when I look at it, I go, mm, should be a little more. It's overreaction to that Jaguars. I know. That's all. Should it is. be more. I thought Kenny White had a really good comment on our sports line show on Monday night, Pete. And by the way, people can watch this every single night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ. The best is real sports news for real sports fans, cbsports.com backslash live. But it's our sports line show. We give you the breakdown of gambling and all that. Kenny White pointed out that because these, uh, because you can bet all over the country now in like different spots and all the more people can do it, that there's more of an overreaction to what we saw the week before than maybe there was in the past when you only dealt with Nevada. I thought that was interesting because the, the Cowboys are a public team that just hung 40 on the Jaguars. So that, that overreaction is obvious. I love the Redskins in the spot, tougher in the trenches. Yeah, I do too. All right, that is the picks. One, one through four we picked them this week. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, so we're going to do, do that every week from now on, and I will wrap this up by giving out five – not six, five, our five best bets based on the aggregate score. Jaguars minus, this is the kiss to death parlay. The Jaguars minus five with nine points. Redskins minus two with nine points. Dolphins plus two and a half with six points. Giants plus five and a half for five points. And the Ravens minus two and a half for four points. Um, that's not necessarily all what we agree on. They just had the most points um, based on who picked Put what. Put $50,000 on that parlay. You have a better chance than winning the lotto this week, the big Powerball. Are you going to be involved in the lotto, Pete? You're damn right. To the I listeners am. out there, don't do that. Please. I'm, no, I'm, don't do that. I'm kidding. We don't want would your you, angry emails. Would you, uh, would you, if you won the Powerball, would you quit? No. I'd, I'd have a little bit more control over my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't quit. What do you do? You just quit and die? I quit and play a bleep ton of golf. Yeah. Would you play with me again ever? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd fly, I'd fly down on my, you'd fly you up on my private jet and let you come out, come out to my, yeah. We'll go to Augusta. Oh, yeah. no, we still, we, uh, I would love to play Augusta. If I win $800 million, I'll find a way to get in Augusta. I think that'll do it, just having the $800 million. Yeah, I think they no, said the invite no, on the won't. first day. They won't. How much? They, invite, they won't I, invite, they won't invite us. That's true. I, I, I just want to walk the grounds of Augusta like you have. It's fun. I've done it twice. I want to, I just want, I'm going to do that one day in my lifetime. Next time I win tickets, I'll take you, Pete. 
Yep, one day in my lifetime. I'll take you too, RJ. All right, we got to get out of here. I go just, to a sports I am science. amazed at that place. It's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, we got to go to a sports line show. As always, it's fun. Follow Pete at Prisco CBS, RJ White at RJ White One. Sportsline.com. Use promo code White to get your free first month for a dollar. Follow me at Will Brinson. Thanks as always. We will talk to you guys on Monday. I will. <laughs>